folks, David James Young here for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for your continued and ongoing support of this little shindig. I hope you're doing well. I, uh, I hope you're all in a good place right now. Uh, whatever might be going on in your life, uh, I just... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you're all doing well. <laughs> I can't reply individually to this inundation of replies I'm getting as we speak, like you're all talking into your phones or your iPods or however the hell you're listening to this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's early, it's early. Got a really, really interesting one this week. This is from Gold Coast singer-songwriter-turned-pop sensation Amy Shark. You might know Amy from her single Adore, which came in at number two in the 2016 Hottest 100, just getting pipped at the post by Flume's Never Be Like You. Uh, She's gone on to sell out a major national tour. Uh, She's released her debut EP, which is called Night Thinker. She's about to hit the road, like, uh, I believe, as we speak. uh, Today, she is uh, at Groovin' the Moo in uh, South Australia, before heading over to Maitland and all the other ones. And uh, she is also supporting uh, German group Milky Chance on their run of national headlining dates around the country. So, a few chances to catch Amy in the flesh uh, in support of this really, really impressive new EP. So, a little bit of backstory about how this one came together. Uh, Some of you might follow me on Twitter, at DJYWrites, and uh, sometimes I like to have a little bit of fun on there. And uh, on this particular day, I was being pretty inundated with all this different PR stuff and just, you know, the constant hype and the usual malarkey that comes along with that. Uh, So I decided to put together a quick, jokey little tweet uh, in which I used the... uh, Rhythmic, I guess it's the rhythmic scheme, like uh, in the, to the tune of uh, "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel, and uh, I wrote. I'm trying to think of the exact order, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, Amy Shuck is overrated, Tashultana overrated, middle kids are overrated. Calm your bloody fun. Funny, right? Cute, whatever. <laughs> I didn't think that much of it until. Amy Shark actually saw the tweet uh, and decided to get in contact with me. It was, yeah, kind of bizarre and pretty funny. Um, At the time, I was just kind of really not getting why people were falling head over heels and and claiming, you know, the next big thing and the usual dealio for someone that literally just had, like, one massive song out, you know? That was it, you know? Like, I I hadn't really been exposed to to Amy or or anything about them. I I just wanted... I just felt like people were buying in without questioning what they were buying. Um, Yeah, like, uh, I'm still not particularly crazy about that song, but uh, as Amy taught me, there is a lot more to her than meets the eye. Uh, she was an incredible sport about the whole thing. She decided to follow me on Twitter, and uh, we went back and forth for a while, and she invited me along to see her live. And that is exactly what I did uh, for her third and final headlining show at Newtown Social Club. The very, very dearly departed Newtown Social Club. Uh, yeah, it was it was a really interesting chat. She was game to do this podcast, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really... Uh, impressed at her character and I guess 
I guess, the hustle that she's put in and, yeah, the fact that there is kind of layers and depth to this person. So, yeah, I I, I think she's very intriguing and uh, a lot of people have noted the trajectory. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I've softened. I've, I've definitely changed my perspective just because, you know, for a while there I thought she was very overrated and... You know, like, I I wasn't sure if she'd be able to follow through on this promise that had been given to me by all these people fawning over her. But, as luck would have it, she has put out an EP and there's some really, really good songs on it. So, you know what? More power to her. And I want to thank Amy and her her management and her crew and her band and her her husband, Shane. Uh, Everyone was super, super lovely and really, really great to work with. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'll no doubt catch Amy around sometime in the not-too-distant future. But uh, until then, we have this little half-hour chat, which is uh, pretty fun. I, I, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you that this is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast. A couple of ways you can help out. Leave us a review on iTunes, five stars would be preferable. Uh, That would be great. It helps to boost uh, visibility and get us out to the right people. Uh, Just uh, failing that, failing that, you can subscribe uh, and, you know, listen wherever you get podcasts. So pretty much any app. Uh, We're on Stitcher. And uh, yeah, you can also go through iTunes and the usual dealio. There are plenty of ways to... uh, to uh, consume and support this podcast, and it is all very, very appreciated. That's just uh, the free stuff. Uh, but if you do have a few bucks lying around for as little as one dollar a month, twelve dollars a year, that that's that's for real. That's twelve dollars a year, one dollar a month. You can support this podcast financially over at Patreon. I would, uh, I'd, if you are a patron, thank you so much. But uh, I'd really, really like to hear from you guys uh, if there's anything in particular that would give you more incentive to support the podcast. If there's any anything that can happen on the podcast or that I can do personally to uh, to kind of sweeten the deal, maybe what whatever it is. Like I know it's basically a tip jar at this point, but uh, if there's if you have any ideas, I'd I'd really, really love to hear from you. But uh, yeah, if you want to find out more, you can head over to patreon.com slash barbands. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. All right, I won't leave you hanging much longer. Let's get into it right now. This is All My Friends Are In Barbands Chat with Amy Shark. <laughs> You banned me from sleeping pills and coding I'm at my best, just even knowing You're coming around You're coming around You switch from vodka, lime and soda And I hate every girl that's ever known Hi everyone, I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Amy Shark. Hello. How are you? I'm good, David. Yourself? I'm absolutely wonderful. Thank you for asking. 
It is Wednesday afternoon. We are at the back of the Newtown Social Club and Miss Amy Shark is here for her third of three sold out shows. Congratulations. Thank you. How did the how did the first two go? I believe that was two in one day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was my first go at doing something like that as mm. well. So it was like it was awesome, but it was a very Groundhog Day experience. Yeah, so sure. It's really hard to try and make it not that because I just feel you know everyone deserves a really fresh show. So yeah, um, of course. But yeah, it was it was weird. Both um, both crowds were completely different. So it was yeah, it was easy to sort of separate them yeah right the early crowd was a bit a bit more relaxed or yeah well actually it was it was weird the later crowd surprised me because i expected them to be very rowdy sure Um, yeah but they were more so they were even quieter so yeah right yeah it was really bizarre so the first lot were like i don't know just really keen and and um, a little more talkative and then the, the later crowd were like just you could hear a pin drop so four interesting interesting balance mm. has, has that been kind of a, a mix across the board of these of these shows thus far having very disparate kind of audiences yeah well there's only been three so um hobart was very very like they were just out of control <laughs> but it was classic hobart yeah but it was fantastic it was really great for my first one because it was high energy and yeah kicked off the tour really well wonderful um, but yeah sydney it's totally different sort of um, yeah, place, yeah totally totally totally, totally. Then you yeah and uh, is this the first time you've played with this band, or is this the same band you've had for a period of time now? This is the same band, um, yeah, that I've been sort of touring with, um, even when I started with Cub Sport and then Tiger Town. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And now, yeah, to now. So, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, it was that uh, kind of a, a group of session people or friends of friends, or like how did that kind of group come about? Yeah, just, just friends, like... Um, you know the uh, the guy that I've got, Brad Hosking. I've known for like years. He's got a great studio on the coast called Blind Boy, and right. um, he's just one of these musicians that mus- um, that can just play any sort of instrument. He's a freak, so right. he has helped me a lot. And also by being able to use his studio over the years has been great. Mm-hmm. And Joey's like fresh off the boat from Auckland, so he yeah, right. he arrived on the Gold Coast, and everyone was sort of talking about him. And I put my feelers out for a drummer. And he's never done anything pop before. He's all sort of R&B and jazz and okay. he's like classically trained. He's yeah, just yeah, yeah. He's an absolute machine on the drums. So nice. I was really lucky to lock him down and he, he, you know, he really liked the music. So, yeah, we, we've all been having a blast together. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, I usually lead these in by talking about how... Uh, me and the guest in question uh, met for the first time or <laughs> saw them uh, live for the first time. But this is the first time we've actually met face to face, and tonight will be the first time I'm seeing you live. So let's let's take it to the land of the internet. Let's 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 break this down a little bit. Do you have a Google alert about yourself, Amy Shark? I would like to know. Okay, so this is what <laughs> happens to me, David. Is um, I don't have time to even check my legit notifications. Is that right? So when I, I my life revolves around screenshots from friends. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes you, you got you got some private eyes out there. Yeah, a lot of people very interested. Obviously, I haven't been in this industry for a very long time. Sure. So yeah. I've got a lot more people that are finding it very different. Uh-huh. Uh, it's different for them to see Amy uh, being in the spotlight a little bit more than what I have been for the past you know, right. 10 years. So, okay. so therefore, 
there are a, yeah there are a lot more people searching looking up articles I get sent really shitty articles I get sent really great articles mainly from parents because they <laughs> obviously don't want to send me the shitty ones um, but yeah so yeah how we met was yeah someone like was actually with me that day and said oh you got to check this out and I was like oh right I'm like, I've got a friend I've clearly got a friend in David <laughs> you do and um Randy Newman stuff <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> but the thing is I've heard I've heard of this happening a lot like in, just from other stories of musicians and they've actually become really good friends with these people that just yeah, right. have this weird banter on um on social media yeah and um yeah I was like you know I, I think this guy needs to come to a show, and uh, I think I want to meet him, which sounds really bizarre. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so what what made you well, come I, to that decision, apart from the usual kind of, I can assume, you know, for every, you know, oh my god, you're the greatest <laughs> tweet, you, you would also get eat shit and die, because every musician in the universe gets that. What made you, what made you want to kind of draw the line and be like, hmm, this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you were the first taste, you were like the first real taste of like... But what? He thinks I'm overrated. He doesn't even know me. Like, what the fuck? What? Like, you know. And um, and you were just lucky that you got in nice and early. And um, I was. Oh, did it come up, come harder after that? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh hell Oof. yeah. Yeah. But um, but that's natural. And like, uh, sure. I think because I'm not um. You know, I, I've got pretty thick skin from mm. playing pubs over the years. So it yeah, doesn't bother right. me. I don't lose sleep over it. Yeah, it's of um, more so just. This could be interesting, like, you know, so... Um, I'd like to think that it has been quite interesting. I think so. I think it's been great. I'm so stoked you're here today and you're going to come to Likewise, a show. Likewise, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm even more impressed by your hair. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, not a visual medium, so you can't see my hair, unfortunately, no. but... Uh, but uh, yours is quite lovely as well, oh, I must thank say. thank you. I need more, like, it's very quite similar, which is scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got more curls. Yeah. What you do is the second you get out of the shower, you twist it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can kind of develop it kind of naturally. So, yeah. Um, and yeah. pray for rain, because mine usually curls up yeah. a lot oh, when yeah. it's about to rain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So the last few weeks, it's just been ridiculous. Like, it's gotten <laughs> even more ridiculous, but... Uh, I'll I'll leave that uh, for my hair podcast whenever that yeah, might start up. Yeah, definitely start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, Amy, I want to know about uh, the, your initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something that you were consuming through your usual mediums of radio, television, etc. However, else have you to being something that you actually wanted to do? Was there a certain song, artist, moment, anything like that that made? that immediate connection where you wanted to become a musician? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, because I'd been flirting with being a musician for a long time. Right. But it takes a very long time to work out what sort of... There's so many different sounds and there's so mm. many genres. And um, when I was growing up, there wasn't as many. So, like, you were either rock or pop or, you know, there was no, none of this medium stuff. So, yeah, sure. Um, I was always stuck in this, this sort of scene where I didn't really feel like I fit. And I right. thought that it was being forced a lot. So, it... it 
so I, I kind of just distanced myself. I was like, I've sort of had enough. People are telling me what to do. Nothing's working. Um, I'm putting a lot of money into it and not getting anything out of it. Yeah, right. Um, and then I wrote... Um, I, I was still always writing, and it took for a song, Spits on Girls, I wrote. And I was like, I really like this song. And it, I hadn't recorded anything in ages. Yeah. And then I yeah, I found this guy, Eden Mulholland, who, he's, who is a Kiwi producer... And uh, I liked his music, and he came and produced the song right. using a lot of percussion and a lot of beats, and um, it really worked with the acoustic guitar. And I was like, right. I feel like I'm getting to know what I like myself sounding like. And the song was really edgy as well. So I was like, okay, I like edgy shit. Um, I'm really liking w- this direction. And mm. that sort of songwriting... I've always sort of done, but I had I was too scared to kind of put it out. So then I took it to another level with Golden Fleece that got a little bit more electronic, a lot more sort of drops in that. Okay. And, um, and I ended up winning the Queensland Pop Award for that song. Hey, so I was stoked. Yeah, exactly. And I was like... Because it, it's, it's quite clicky as well, the industry, in case you haven't noticed. Oh, I have. Yeah, so... It's like my first rodeo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so to break into that sort of click is very hard and um but once I sort of won that award I was getting more and more love from Triple J and then I had to really bust myself to get this government grant to work with phases um because Uh, you know obviously he is was a big deal and I was a no deal so Mm. I convinced them to let me um yeah work with him he liked a, a couple of my demos and yeah I guess that sort of launched me into probably not I want to be a musician probably just like I've got these songs I want people to hear like so because it's you know it's not a it's not a walk in the park being a musician oh absolutely Um, not it's very busy and I think my I thought my life before was really busy and I thought this whole being a musician thing I'm going to have plenty of time to you know chill and you know but no that's not the case so yeah it's like yeah I'm absolutely loving it and it's it's fantastic I get to play music um you know every night and write music for a living yeah sure um but yeah I guess the initial thing was I've finally found my sound and I want people to hear these songs because I'm really proud of them okay sure sure I mean were you singing or playing guitar growing up as a kid or like did or did that kind of come later on like did you get lessons as a kid or anything like that so i my parents had a really great library for me to listen to like they were into like my dad ordered like one of the first copies of frog stomp like he was oh, like wow. into like silver chair and um mum loved the police and you know so i had like yeah i had a good start to listening to great lyrics from a very young age mm. And then, um, so I remember my grandparents were really pushing hard for my brother and I to learn an instrument. And I was going to learn piano and then I decided, no, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm too cool, I want to spend time <laughs> with my friends and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then Mitch uh, got went and did guitar lessons and he came back home and Nana Pop had bought him a, a guitar, for one, which just floored me. <laughs> and then he could, he could sort of play a bit and I was like... Well, well, I want to do it. Like, mm. Clearly, I want to do it now. So I had to, like, I told my mom, and she's like, you're going to have to call your grandparents. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I got on the phone. I'm like, I want to do it. Um, and then, yeah, so I had a really great tutor, um, and he would just pretty much let me pick songs that um, I wanted to learn, right. which was a great way to do it instead yeah, yeah, of just yeah. scales over and over. So, you know, he'd, he'd teach me songs that I wanted to learn, and so I was, therefore, a lot more interested to practice. Mm. And then I got just so obsessed with it and I was just constantly as soon as I got home from school um, my dad used to call it the back cave I was in my back cave and I wouldn't come out until I could smell dinner and then um, yeah eventually just 
just um, you know got better and better at guitar, but never did I sing. Like that wasn't a. I never wanted to sing. Oh really? No. You know, when I was at school, you just wouldn't sing unless you had a really great singing voice. Right, right. I don't consider myself a great singer. I think I just... Yeah. I think I just do it what I do. You know, I, I don't know. Like, it's just it's just different. So mm. that used to scare me a little bit. And then totally. and then we had to, like, form a band or something for assessment. And we had a band Oh, and, like, music class. Yeah, 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 yeah sure, class. sure, sure. So I ended up writing lyrics, like, just trying to work out how to write a song. And then I just got addicted to doing it because the song that we did was actually pretty good and, and I'd written it but I used to give it to other people to sing and um, and then we formed another band after school which was like a, a really angry girl band. And, oh like Bikini Kill? Oh uh, like the other girl that I was in it with we were called Hansel Kiss Gretel and her main thing was just Nirvana and nice. and mine was like Death Cab and, and then we mixed in Modest Mouse and so it was really sure, angry okay. and then it was really moody and heavy on the lyrics so it was, was kind of cool but it was messy and horrible. Anyway so I would write for her to sing and then one day I had a melody that she she wasn't doing it the way I heard it so mm. I kind of gave her an example Right. and she was like you know what totally shit you should you should <laughs> try totally you know shit. you should do some bvs or you should you know sing more right and then i started singing i started writing songs and she was like you know you, you sing this song and i was like yeah okay so yeah that's sort of how it started and then you know the band sort of uh, people, we were all going to uni or whatever and sure yeah bands sort of that's how bands break up eventually yeah, of and course, um yeah. And then, yeah, I started dating this guy and he was like, your songs are great and you need somewhere to put them because I wasn't really even interested in putting them anywhere. I was just writing them. Yeah, right. And then MySpace was came. Like, oh, of course. So, yeah, so we hit up MySpace and <laughs> had a MySpace page and, you know, that was that was life. It was just the, that was what, what I did, just really raw <laughs> acoustic songs that no one really cared about for a long time. <laughs> Where did you grow up? In I was on the Gold Coast. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, so Southport on the Gold Coast. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I can't imagine there would have been much of like a, a local scene of musicians <laughs> or anything like Dude, that. Was, was it like, was it just like a core like nothing. couple of group of people that were had that interest in music that you just kind of just like drawn yeah. together? Like I'm I'm from like small town kind of area as well, where it's just like you kind of just immediately magnetize to those sort of people because no one else gives a shit, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Like you, I knew. I knew everyone that was yeah, in the band, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like there was like what Hard Rock Cafe, mm. and maybe another place, uh, Cooley. There was a place called Neverland or something, and and that was that was oh the Chop House, but the Chop House sort of died early on when I got older. So right, right. yeah, there was there really wasn't many, and to be honest, we're still struggling on the Gold Coast for places to play. So, yeah, right. You know, it's 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 a difficult place because there's you know there's a lot of people that love their sport or they love their cover music. Mm. And the bars don't help because they offer, they offer a lot more money for you to go and play covers. So yeah, you, totally. You know, to make you know to be able to pay rent, you need to be able to play Kaysan. So <laughs> it's, yeah, you learn that we learn it one way or the other. Mm. Best of chisel, like yeah. it's all there. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. Was it in high school that you performed like live in front of an audience for the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Do um, you remember that? Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Like, you know, I, I remember because not many girls were playing uh, guitar when I was mm, at school. Yeah. So I was like uh, like a one-off kind of thing. Like right, that yeah. actually was pretty good at, at guitar. So, mm. um, yeah, but I remember it. I, I remember like, you know, that that addiction to 
being on stage and being, you know, just playing music and people actually liking it. And, mm, mm. Um, you know, it's enough to make anyone want to continue and, you know, sort of obsess over it. Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely. So where does it go from high school? You mentioned, you know, the band kind of dissipating after university kind of became a factor. Did you kind of have an idea that you'd kind of start playing music on your own after that or were you kind of working with other people in your immediate area like uh, what kind of came of that like I was I was probably the most laziest musician because I I did so many recordings just at like in friends kitchens and yeah. not using the best gear and just like because I just didn't take myself seriously for so long mm, I was mm. like I loved the sound of like dashboard and I loved a lot of acoustic punk so I was like I don't need this I can just write these cool songs and have them really raw and rough and yeah you know I, yeah. I listen to them back now and I'm like oh wow that's <laughs> so gross but um but you know it was a starting point and I, I still have songs that I've recycled like a, a couple of words from back then that I, I'm using now so it all it all played a very uh, heavy part but yeah I guess you know I was just spending a lot of time um you know not not caring enough I think mm. and then um and then, you know, everyone started getting some better gear and electronic sort of sounds were coming in and I was listening to a lot more... Um, I was just listening to a way more diverse range of artists. Right. yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it gives you di- different ideas. But I used to get really confused because I'd listen to, like, artists and be like, oh, I think I need to sound like them. I yeah. think I need to sound like them. And you, I do that not, all the time. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating because... You know, it's hard to put that line, like, okay, I like them, but mm. that's not really my music. Like, that's <laughs> not what I'm going to put out. Yeah. So once I grew up a little bit and, yeah, started getting just better and better at putting songs together, I needed a lot of, like, I was pretty needy. I, I needed um, this guy that I was with to keep saying, you know, you need to keep going. Maybe like, maybe let's go to Sydney and record or maybe let's do this. And just we, we, we took it up other levels but it just took me longer I think you know to really Mm. put the money in or put the time in so and obviously I was into film as well so I was doing like I was working I was always working yeah so it wasn't like I was just like not doing anything I was always very busy so to find time to to take my music seriously was Mm. you know I I always felt like I was letting people down because you know I need to work I need to be able to make money to pay for this Um, I can't give my music the time like you know yeah so yeah, it was just it was just exhausting. It was friggin' exhausting for all those years, to be yeah. honest. And in that time, were you performing at all? Like you mentioned, kind of like playing in bars and like yep. doing cover sets and shit like that. Yeah, I'd always be doing originals as well. Like I'd right. go and play it. Like we'd play like three songs and then kind of sneak one of your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I'd do that. But I'd also like I'd get like little support slots at like in Brisbane in the Valley. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never really was like oh, I'm going to book a tour or anything. I was I was too lazy for that. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, so if it didn't sort of come at me, I didn't really chase it. You know, like um. Yeah, I think Thirsty Merck was, like, one of the artists that no were like, shit. yeah, do you want to support us? And I was like, ah, oh, okay, that's, awesome. that's like, the <laughs> biggest gig I've ever had. So played at the Cooley and to a pretty decent crowd, and I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of cool. Nice one. But, yeah, apart from that, I wasn't really one that was slugging it out in vans or anything, like, you know. Mm. Um, I don't want to say I got lucky with this song because I don't think luck is it I do think I put in the hard yards just in different areas right (laughs) so yeah so yeah what kind of changed like what what kind of 
made you want to kind of put everything else towards the the back burner for a while and be like, you know what? I have I have this. Let's let's fucking let's go all in. Let's mm. see what happens. I started um, just getting a lot more people interested to hear what music I was going to do after Golden Fleece. So right, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, I need to. I want to. I want to do something like freaking amazing like I just really want to go all in on this you know so I started writing an EP all by myself like, yeah yeah and then I, I managed to get the grant to work with phases that was just for one song though so the other yeah, songs right. I did with Brad in his studio you know I just co-produced it all so I pretty much had like a whole EP ready before a door was even recorded I just had a lot a lot of demos and um and obviously this full EP that was nowhere near at the level that I you know that I have at, at now, obviously, mm. but yeah, I was just I was just hell bent on getting a, an EP out there, and then I wrote a song that Phases was going to do, and then I ended up writing a door two weeks before we were going to do this other song that I was going to do with him called Home. I just sort of went with my gut and changed it, and he said, "Yeah, like I like both of them, so it's up to you." And we went with a door, and then um, so so then all the songs that I had ready to go. I've got new ones and I dropped some. Mm. Um, I might use them for an album. But, yeah, I got to go and obviously work with Dan Hume, um, Phases again. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So now, they're, now, now all these songs that I had ready to go before are just at a totally new level. Right. So you, you kind of see that as, like, a, the sliding doors moment. It's just, like, if you'd chosen the other one, who knows where you'd be, right? Pretty much, yeah. 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 That's fascinating. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what was it that made you kind of want to change your mind at that you know kind of 11th hour I don't I don't know I just felt like a door might have been a stronger song and I was like I want this guy to be proud of it too because it's M phases and I'm nothing so um <laughs> I just yeah I, I don't know like but it was still it was still a tough call because the chorus in that song obviously I was verging on it's either brilliant or it's cheesy as shit so yeah, I yeah. don't know where I'm at the uh, to me, I was like, the verses hold it. Like, I, I st- it still has that cool factor that I want. Mm. And obviously, this was before I heard the big um, hip-hop beat that he put in it, which right, was what, yeah. what I wanted, but I didn't know how cool it was actually going to sound, which, you know... So what did it sound like before that? Because it's it's kind of hard to imagine that without it, you know? Yeah, just, <laughs> just acoustic and me, yeah, right. me just banging on my desk at my house. For real? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, just like sort of just... <laughs> Like just trying to get get that sort of halftime beat like yeah. across to him that that's sort of what I want. Talk us through playing like those songs like you were talking about, like these songs that you kind of invested yourself in and you know kind of gotten that newfound confidence to kind of put yourself out there as a musician for the first time. Uh, from a live perspective, like uh, where you just like, all right, well, fuck. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Let's let's find out. You know. Yeah. Well, that's all I had really I had yeah, no other yeah, choice yeah. like it's not like I had it's not like I had a name in the industry or anything or mm. so it was like well um yeah this is it and the songs that are on this EP it's like a lot of them were written I kind of like I don't want to say that like that I feel like George Lucas but it was <laughs> like they were written like they 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 you know, saw these other sort of phases come in and these crazes and they've come about now and it's like now I get to do them with this amazing production behind them. Right. It's like, so this it's like is it your, was meant to be. So this is your Phantom Menace. This is my Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> 
I look I look forward to the Jar Jar Binks cameo yeah. on the EP. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be hot. Oh dear. We are so excited about yeah, that one. I'll Good prob- lord. Yeah. I'll probably regret saying that. <laughs> but I just thought about it the other day and I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, maybe I like, I, yeah, this is the time. Like, but I had them then, mm. but I held on to them, and now they're going to be out, and now they sound freaking amazing. Oh, so. right, yeah, yeah. So, at what at what point did you kind of notice that you know, like you, like you said, you didn't have a name, and then you know, little by little, this kind of you know, this song took off, and you know, there was kind of a name for yourself, kind of getting out there. At what point did you kind of realize that it was just like, oh shit, well, this is happening. Yeah, just that organic sort of growth of people just writing to me. And then I think it, it got added to commercial before I even signed to a label or, yeah, or right. management. So I knew something weird was happening because yeah, yeah. people were saying to me, that doesn't happen, Amy. Like, mm, that doesn't happen. Definitely. Um, especially you don't even have a radio plugger. So, like, mm. I knew I knew people were connecting with it, which was freaking amazing. Yeah. So, um, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, while people are listening to me, I need another song because I don't want to be known as the Adore Girl and I don't want to... <laughs> You know, I want people to know I can write and I want to, you know, because I might have one shot at this and, and you know, it was really overwhelming and really exciting. I, that was before I, I, I did not know Adore had the legs that it had to run as far as it has. It has run very far. Mm. Yeah, I hear it literally everywhere that I go. <laughs> McDonald's, Kmart, <laughs> my local chicken shop. Now I know where you go. Yes, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Every, yeah, that, that's how you know. That's how you know. You, you, you got little. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm tracking you. You're the Matrix. Yeah, and then, yeah that's it. You plugged I'm in. freaking George Lucas, mate. I, I knew I'll, it. I can do whatever I, I want. I fucking knew it. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, this all leads up to January 26th. And, you know, I remember the day before we were DMing and you said, I'm I'm just happy to even be considered. Yeah, and that's honest to God. That's That's. That's very true. I was mm. waiting like everyone else at number 100, so... Yeah. And there we were, 98 songs later. It's a long friggin' day, David. <laughs> it was a long day. <laughs> Did you honestly think that you hadn't made it? At, yeah, like, by the of course time... I did. Yeah, really? Yeah, of course. I thought, oh, it did come out late in the year and, you know, I might have just missed it. So, tell us about that moment, the second you heard that, that opening chord. Well, like, I knew it got to, like, the top five and you know my management and my, my husband were like you're in it like this you're just high up you have to just admit this and I and when I heard Tasha's come in at third I just knew I was going to be next like I just that was the time that I was like yeah. I think and then obviously it played and it was just it was a real magic moment was, yeah like it was a real special moment that I, I just like was very emotional um so were a lot of my friends and yeah, it was a it was a it was a day that I will never have again. I don't think I don't think I'll ever get that high again. Like that's like like that that was Who just knows? yeah yeah everything just ticked off and everything was just perfect. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's yeah. really beautiful. And yeah, now here you are, like uh, you know, the an hour after that happened, you know, all these shows got announced and they sold out within a couple of days. Like I can I can't imagine that kind of uh, like immediate. Like response could have been anything you'd anticipated. You know, that's what that's way beyond the call of thirsty mark. Yeah, know? oh yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like wondering why they were blocking out all these other show dates. Yeah, and they're right, like, right. Yeah, just in case we sell out. And I was just like in fits of laughter, like you guys are going to really struggle to sell one show out. So, yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, I was. Yeah, it was unbelievable when I got the call saying, ah, oh, yeah, everything's sold out. I was like, man, what are these people, like, far out? They yeah. must have nothing else on that night. 
<laughs> well, yeah. And after after this tour, do you have any kind of uh, bigger plans at the moment? Like, do you kind of like now that you're in this position, are you, are you kind of do you see this as what life is like now, or do you, are you always kind of thinking in the back of your head, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, there might be some for work to go back to or anything like oh, that? I'm always pretty self-deprecating, but um, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because yeah, it took me so long to get here, but I I definitely see brighter things so I'm really excited I got some US trips and I've got this EP coming out that I've told you that I'm George Lucasing over so yes indeed I'm like really really confident and excited so well, that is wonderful and that's a beautiful sentiment to go out on <laughs> Amy I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to speak to me today uh, uh, but before we uh, get out of here I ask this of all of my guests and now this is your turn okay I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played that I've ever played. Yes, indeed. Oh, okay. Well, the best was just the other night at Newtown Social. Shout out. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. And then the worst, I played at a hairdresser's and a guy, <laughs> it was like an opening of a hairdresser's. All right, back up, back up. Yeah. How did you land that one? I had a really crap manager. Oh, he, he thought he was a manager, but I got booked at a hairdresser's. <laughs> Some guy got really drunk and kicked my mic over. And Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's probably. I mean, I got, I got a lot more that I could go through, but we're gonna have to wait for another day to go through them. Oh my lord! Yeah, so hairdressers with a bunch of drunk people. Did yeah. you get a free haircut out of it at least? I, I never wanted to go back there in my whole Fair life. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Amy, plug yourself away. Tell tell the people what you got. Okay, well, my EP comes out. Well, you can pre-order it now, so please go ahead and do that so I can, like, afford to keep doing this. Um, What's it called? It's called the Night Thinker EP. Uh So, um, yeah, like, it's obviously my best work to date. Hopefully you like it. And um, I've got a bunch of shows. Hopefully you got tickets because it's all sold out. But otherwise I'll see you at Groove in the Moo or the Milky Chance Tour. Excellente. Amy, thank you so, so much. Thanks, David. Cheers. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in love.